0: Hello, and welcome to InTrust. My name is Lisa Lombard.
1: And my name is Rick Kitagawa. And thank you for joining us for our show about the greatest asset for leaders, organizations, and communities alike, trust.
0: Today, we're excited to be joined by Alex Waters, the director of Connect All at the Jacob Center in San Diego, California. Alex works with low to moderate income and diverse founders, helping them to build and scale businesses with honesty as the cornerstone of their ventures and leadership. He specializes in connecting startup founders with the resources needed to ensure their business ideas, confidence, and investments lead to results. Alex is also a coach in Seth Godin's All Ten BA and Akimbo's The Bootstrappers Workshop, as well as being a diverse community of young leaders support advocate with Codebreakers. Alex, welcome to the show.
2: Awesome, thank you for having me. I'm excited, excited for the chat today. Thank you for being here.
0: And for folks who
1: are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you and the team at Connect All at the Jacob Center do?
2: Yeah. So I'm an East Coast transplant that is now in San Diego because I don't like cold weather. So that's a big, big driving factor as to sort of why I'm uh, here. You know, my background is a little bit all over the place with ed tech, some innovation sort of consulting, building programs around entrepreneurship. Uh, but with respect to what we do uh, at Connect All the Jacob Center, it's really working with some of the early stage businesses across everything from retail to tech to consumer goods to kind of help them get the fundamentals they need so they have a solid structure as they move forward. And the big piece of that is to sort of create jobs, right? So we want to be able to help them build businesses that are going to wind up hiring folks across sort of the San Diego region. So that's the, the primary thing that we do. We have workshops. We have a sort of physical workspace. Of all the things you could think about in sort of an accelerator program, it's pretty high touch. And we work with folks just every week, really helping them as they're hopefully growing and scaling and learning some lessons along the way.
0: That's awesome, Alex. And that's a really exciting space to be in. And I just want to kind of double tap into your background a little bit too. You mentioned some of it, but that being at that intersection of entrepreneurship, business leadership, innovation, your background with ed tech and as an educator as well, those have really formed the backbone of your career. And I'm really curious, what led you to pursue this path of creating opportunity and helping others create opportunity too? And why is that path? Why has that been important to you? Uh,
2: It's a great question. So I think one of the things is that, you know, everyone's career, it's kind of like all the pieces make sense when you look back at them and they're like, ah, of course there was a theme of wanting to help people and help people sort of achieve their goals and their dreams. But it's been something that I'm really... About and wanted to sort of participate in primarily because like I've been lucky like a lot of people over the course of my lifetime have provided me with interesting and unique opportunities to learn about different possibilities and at the core through all of that is really that possibility the opportunity for the entrepreneur to say hey I have an idea I want to build something I want to be able to scale things prior when I was in ed tech uh, it actually I worked with a um, a company called 2U and the program that I was working on uh, focused on teachers and individuals who wanted to go and become educators. And so that whole theme of wanting to help people get to their dream goal, and you would talk to people and they would say things like, I've always wanted to be uh, an educator. and This is like my second career. And so they're going through that. And then working with everything from Startup Weekend to an organization here called Startup San Diego. And just that early phase of helping people get sort of on that pathway to entrepreneurship. I fell into kind of the startup thing, like it, it wasn't a plan, really. I was in San Diego. I was doing a master's in philosophy, planned on traveling around the world, and I was going to go teach English uh, in Korea. I had a couple friends who had done that, and so I took a job at a startup in ed tech, and I thought I was going to be there for six months, and then seven years later, uh, I was still working there and still learning and doing a whole host of things there, then moved out to San Diego, and that's why I got really involved in the startup scene here and building programs for entrepreneurs. That's so cool.
1: I love that you had, you, you're you getting your master's in philosophy and then you going into entrepreneurship and all of these other super innovative and exciting things. And I'm sure there's a tie in there that I'll pull on. But something I noticed in your background and the work that you've done is that I think with entrepreneurship, with business, especially in the startup stage and all of the innovation work, there's really only one constant, which is the uncertainty and the constantly changing, shifting field of working there. And I would love to know what are some of the ways that you've noticed trust or the lack thereof, maybe impacting founders and their efforts when it comes to both building and scaling their business?
2: Yeah. So I think there's two gigantic buckets around trust with the entrepreneurs, right? It's trust in themselves because you have to really unpack a lot about sort of uncertainty and not knowing whether this is the right thing to do. And anybody who's been an entrepreneur and, you know, looked at their bank account and it's like, what is going on? This is not what I thought it was going to wind up being, but trusting that this is the right thing. This is the line with my mission and my goals and my vision for myself, or my family or my community, whichever is sort of the prevalent theme that, that's really pushing them, being able to hold on to that and really move forward. And that's some work that folks like, you can help people who are trying to build a business as an entrepreneur, but a lot of that is just internal. People have to sit and really think and stop and pause and really take time to think about, do I trust that this is the way that I should be going? So that's the first piece. The second piece with respect with trust and sort of helping entrepreneurs, it really is about them coming to the conclusion that you have their best interests at heart. And sometimes that looks a little different than folks believe it will right? It's always the kind of thing I... I told somebody years ago that if I see something and somebody's around me and they need to know some information, I'm just going to be the person who's going to tell them, right? It's like the thing where somebody's eating a salad and they have something in their teeth and then they go the rest of the day and it's 6 p.m. and you're like, hey, you got something in your teeth. They're like, that was from lunch six hours ago. Why didn't anyone say something to me? And so I think one way that I've tried to of as entrepreneurs is just being honest. I personally or whatever business anybody wants to to build, I don't have any stake in what they've decided is best for them. But what I can tell them is, hey, the path that you're on, you need to do these particular things to get you to where you want to go. And sometimes that's, you know, hard lessons learned or being honest with people about the amount of energy, the time, the commitment that they're putting in, because it can be a solo endeavor. Uh, You can get caught up in a lot of busy work versus actual work that's moving them forward. Uh, but at the core, I think it is really about just when people know that you have their best interests at heart, they're much more receptive to information, details, advice, connections, all those different kinds of things.
0: I feel like that's such a great point, Alex. And one, just when you're talking about like your type of person will tell someone if they have food in their teeth, thank you. We need more people in the world like that. <laughs> but I think that's something, especially with with building businesses, is that I think people are trying to be supportive, especially those close to entrepreneurs, to founders, that sometimes they're hesitant to say what really needs to be said. And having the support that you bring, where you're invested in the success of the entrepreneur, not necessarily whatever the outcome is, or their specific idea, but just helping them thrive in that space, puts you in a position in the Connect at the Jacob Center as well, is in such a great position to be a invaluable resource to entrepreneurs on their journey. And I, I want to talk about another thing in, in entrepreneurship with business builders, innovators that I've noticed, it's kind of like the fight club adage, you know, we don't talk about fight club. And I feel like in with entrepreneurs with founders, if you ask them how they're doing 99.9% of the time, they're going to give you a positive answer, even though that's not the case. And they're following a path that's so riddled with highs and lows and everything in between. And I find that Having that mindset where we don't talk about the tough stuff, especially when it's happening, we might talk about it in mindset, it makes it even harder to talk about the tough stuff. Or when you're in the moment of going through something really tough, feel really alone and like you've taken things off track, even though that making mistakes, failures, that's all part of the process of entrepreneurship and business building as well. So I'm really curious, how do you approach these kind of, you know, the tough topics or going through the lows with the diverse group of founders that you work with so that you can support them?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you touched on something that every single person experiences and goes through on that journey. And it's, I think there's two parts that have helped with us and getting people to sort of talk about those kinds of things. One, you know, we kind of have a cohort model. So knowing that there are other people who you're working with, who are there day to day with you, who start when you are there, who finish when you're there, that creates this sort of safe space to talk about things that aren't necessarily going well. I also think that it's just letting people have that space to vent and talk about the stuff that's not going right and to be emotional and vulnerable. Prior to this, I've worked with entrepreneurs before, but in this role right now, I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs. It it has very visceral impact and effect on them emotionally and their family and their friends and people who are around them. So what I try to do is just tell people, look, look around to the other folks that are around here, go have a coffee with somebody, talk about stuff that might not be going uh, super well. But then also one thing that I don't think enough entrepreneurs do, because everything is so future focused and everything is to the next step, the next stage, the next phase, the next, so wherever you are, there's almost like this unsettling feeling, kind of back to what you're talking about, Rick, with this uncertainty. Right. And so nothing feels sort of solid. So a lot of times people don't look at how far they've come up to the point actually being where they are. So you have entrepreneurs who are like, oh, you know, we're, we've lost money or this isn't working well. or that. And you talk to me like you've literally built a product from scratch that exists, that people can buy, that hundreds of people have purchased from you. Like, yes, right now, in this moment, it might not be great there may be some real challenges and some real sort of negative emotions and feelings, but like, don't forget that there was a whole long wave where if you look back and ask yourself, you know, 18 months ago, two years ago, if you could fast forward and envision what's happening, would you take it? And most people would be like, absolutely, 100%. Like I would take exactly where I am right now, two years ago, but then when they get there, it's kind of hard to have them sort of sit in that moment and really appreciate their own accomplishments and their successes. It's very easy to kind of dismiss those. And I think that's part of that kind of roller coaster ride. But when you get to a good point and you're confident in where you are and you're proud of yourself, then it's easy to talk about the missteps and the things that didn't go right. And whether it's success as a business or even shutting down a business, right? Like I've worked with quite a few founders where the best move was to stop doing this. And they're happier now having stopped doing it than they would have been if they tried to continue on. And that's a tough part of the conversation. I don't know if a lot of folks have sort of gotten into. So I guess I hope that answers the kind of question around that.
0: Yeah, it does. And it, it leads me to another one, Alex. And it's, it's the last part about that. Because I think that's a, that's a really hard place to come at knowing that, you know, when the next the next real option or the next step to take is to quit. And I'm just curious in your insights about what are some of the signs that you see or some of the ways that you approach that conversation with entrepreneurs so that they can really trust that quitting is really moving forward and it's that bailing forward is kind of the adage in, in the startup world sometimes. I think it's a different thing to actually internalize though and really trust that that's the best decision to make.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the first thing is really just sitting down and asking somebody like, is this what you want to do? Right, not what you told people about, not what you envision like right now, do you want to keep doing this? And a lot of times you have to walk away and kind of think about that for a little bit. Some of the other signs that come up are people start finding other things to work on. So you'll start to see entrepreneurs where they may be working on something, and then all of a sudden some of their attention is being diverted into other projects, other ventures or interest. Uh, And I think that's really kind of a telltale sign that they just don't really want to be focusing and putting in the energy into something that they feel like is giving them diminishing returns. Uh, You start to hear them talk about it differently. It's subtle things like they'll say, if we're in business in several years, we'll be doing this. It's like, well, that's a kind of an interesting thing to say, right? (laughs) And if you're not careful, like you could just totally miss that. But those small little kind of things are when people are laying the groundwork for what they feel like is the inevitable. They just don't feel like it's going to be comfortable enough for them to stop doing it. And I think a lot of that has to to help people get to that point, I think, is to help them understand that the people who support them and the people who are around them, they're not doing it just for the business. The real people, the family, the friends, the the colleagues that like care, they could care less if you started a business or not in a lot of cases. So much is wrapped up into, well, I did start this business, so if I tell people that I'm quitting it, they're going to think that I'm a failure. When in actuality, a lot of people were like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like now you moves on to the next thing, no big deal. And so a lot of times it's more in people's heads than I think some of the external kind of pieces that are around them.
1: I love how you brought up the story that a lot of people tell themselves around closing a business or or failure. And I would love to hear your take on the mindset of that one person is an entrepreneur or they're not. Because I think that's the big thing in our culture, right? It's like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. And you're kind of like, what what does that actually mean? And I think there's a culture around it that celebrates, oh, this person's an entrepreneur. And there's so much that goes on around wrapping our identity in that, as opposed to potentially being someone who actually builds sustainable businesses. I would just love to hear your take on the culture of the story of being an entrepreneur
2: it's kind of a couple of buckets, right? And I think I personally believe entrepreneurship is like a continuum, right? Like there isn't just this one place that people sit, That there, there are some folks though, that I have met where they're like, they are not designed mentally to ever work for anyone. They will never work for a per. Like, I think that percentage of people is much rarer than we like to think. And that's sort of the, the truest sense of the word entrepreneur. They are going to forge their own way. They will not, don't work for anybody, regardless of what the you know income could be from that or the perks. They're just like, I do this thing on my own. I build my own stuff. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Or that is, and if you want to say the truest sense of an entrepreneur, like there are people out there like that. And for those folks, it's a no brainer. Like There's no question about whether they're going to build a business or if one ends, they're going to build another one and they're going to keep doing it over and over and over again. Those are some of the folks that you read stories and be like, they've set up 15 different businesses and you're like, how did they do 15 different businesses over like a 20 year span? Like what would they, and it's that kind of mentality and that kind of everyone else, I think fits into different buckets at different times based on what their desire is to, you know, sort of build something. And if they feel like that they're capable of building it, uh, then they do. But this myth that jumping out and just sort of being an entrepreneur, means that you could never decide to, sell your company, partner with someone, do these different kinds of things is a little challenging. Especially much more so when people were talking about sort of the venture capital world and things like that. And I think that's kind of tainted a little bit of what people view as like an entrepreneur. Like they think it's like some hotshot whiz kid person has gone to an Ivy League school and is a genius coder. And then they've set up a billion dollar business by the time they're like 19. That's the entrepreneur. It's not the person who, you know, owns a restaurant and they own three of them in a local area and they do very well for themselves like that that's kind of gotten tilted a little bit as to its only sort of high growth high scale the irony in that is that a lot of those companies their plan is to get bought and so their entrepreneurs have been turned into employees for like five to eight years while their stock vest so they can actually get the money that they plan on getting from the sale of the company like it's this weird kind of like cyclical thing that happens and occurs all the time but sort of answer your point? I think it's more of a continuum and I don't think that it's either or with respect to sort of being an an entrepreneur just sort of as as people think about how they want to sort of build their business or grow what it is that they're doing.
0: I really appreciate that perspective because I don't, I think even entrepreneurs who are in the VC route maybe don't see the other possibilities with it. And you and I, we coach in the Bootstrappers Workshop as well with Akimbo and just seeing in that space how fresh of a concept bootstrapping was or how foreign that felt for so many students to, who were really wrestling to grapple with that concept and what that meant. And even when they were looking for examples, they were still mentioning mostly things that weren't bootstrapping until we kind of brought them back to it. And, and Seth and helped with that as well and trying to clarify, because it's, it's just something that really flies under the radar for the most part when we talk about entrepreneurship. And I'm just, I'm so fascinated by the perspective and the vantage point that you have from your, the role you have right now, all the other places that you serve in the startup community as well. And you've got this really wide aperture on what entrepreneurship is and working with so many different founders in supporting them and helping them navigate the path forward. I'm curious, what lessons have you learned about trust in your work with others that you find yourself applying to your own work?
2: It's a really good question. I think for me, I guess I kind of go back to what I uh, say before. Is like really boiling down to making sure, and I think the biggest piece is like communicating what your role is in the process of people getting to the end of their sort of journey. And I think that that's been a big piece with respect to trust that I've learned over the last few years is that, sure, you can say that, yes, we're here to support. We're here to do this. We're here to sort of help you. But how that's actually sort of communicated. And I've actually changed some of the ways in which I talk to people about their business and the decisions that they make. And because a lot of times, especially anybody who's worked in innovation space or the startup space, like I might say something like, have you thought about doing X or you should think about doing X. And sometimes what people will hear is Alex thinks that I should do X or Alex thinks that I'm doing this wrong or actually. And in a real way, it's like, What do I know about that, right? Like my job is to ask you questions and frame up. What are the possibilities of how you can get to the end goal? And so now, even when folks come into the program, as part of the initial talking to people, it's like, look, it is your job to decide where you want to go. I only know you from this thing. If you decide that in two months, you want to pivot into a whole other business, perfectly fine with me. How can I help you get to where that is to get to, right? Because I don't have a stake in the actual outcome as you have envisioned it. Because if that envisioning changes, then cool, we'll go some other route. Like you'll do some other thing. We'll figure out, you know, how best to help. And before I would frame it a, a little bit differently, where it's like, do what you want to do. And even sometimes they would say, look, I don't care where the business goes. And like that comes across as, oh, geez, you don't care about my business <laughs> no, 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 that's not, that's not what I mean, right? I'm just saying that don't think that I am as lockstep into you have to do this thing. You have to just build this thing. Like, if you don't build this, it's a failure. I don't have those same kind of things uh, and pressure on me that it is on you. So I can look at it from a very, very different kind of open-ended lens. And so I think, so kind of sort of want to answer question, how I communicate with people about what my role is and how I can help them to get to the point to achieve their goal has been the biggest thing that has changed about me trying to gain individuals' trust in the process, in the workshops, in the connections, in the hey, I might have an idea. this might be interesting. You may want to kind of go down this route. That's been the that's been the biggest biggest kind of change.
1: I really appreciate you sharing that, Alex, because when i when I was doing a lot of teaching, for creatives around workshopping their marketability or their career path, you would get to this point where you're kind of like, yeah, I don't care what you do, but like, I'm just trying to help you get there. And I love your reflection because so much about building trust is care, right. And showing that you do care. And it's not that you are uninterested or that you don't care. It's just that you're very open to multiple directions that they may want to take that's really unique to them. So I definitely resonate with that, that learning about communication, it's like, I don't care about your business. You're like, well, no, I do. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. And you mentioned this in the beginning, but especially around entrepreneurship and building brand new things, I think there's that huge aspect of trust in yourself that you brought up. And I would love to know how you've built trust in yourself. And if you have any specific practical tips that you could offer listeners around building that within themselves.
2: You guys have some amazing questions. So so for me, I've always tilted toward, well, I'll just try something, right? Like, and that has been sort of a frame. I think as projects get bigger and as different things kind of happen, I've had to sort of step into a space of, just believing, look, I'm going to give it my best effort. And then if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I mean, even with this project here and then the organization that was sort of, there were two orgs that came together to create, in fact, all the Jacob Center. They're like, hey, we want to launch this initiative in the city. It's the first time we've done this. We want to build this sort of accelerator program that focuses on creating jobs. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. And then the immediately sort of the outcomes comes in. It's like, well, why would I be the person that? would be an individual who could sort of do this. And then you have to think, it's like, well, there were 75 or 80 other people that had already done it. Like, then they would just talk to one of them. So if nobody's done it, then like, there's no reason why I can't be the person to step into that space and, and do it. The other piece of that too, though, that I personally, I think has really helped me is, I do lean toward the disposition of, even if I don't know something that I can figure out how to get the information. There's somebody out there that knows about what it is that I'm trying to accomplish and do. And if it is a one of a kind and no one's ever done it before, there's somebody that's done some version of it, right? Some piece of it that I can talk to. I can go to a conference. I can read papers and you know listen to podcasts. And so for me, anytime I go into any endeavor, it's almost like a research mode kind of thing where I spend a lot of time digging into different kinds of things that people have done before to see, okay, well what pieces can I pull from other really smart and brilliant people who've had a lot of success in other places. So I don't have to try to reinvent the wheel. And I think a lot of times, especially from an entrepreneurship lens, even though somebody may know that someone else is building a similar kind of business, there is this newness and nuance where entrepreneurs think the problem that they have, no one else has. And like, oh no, no one's ever, no one's ever experienced this before. No one's ever had this thing before. And it's like, well, that's more, more than likely not true. The odds are there's some entrepreneur out there who has experienced something of what you're talking about and they can help you. So go talk to them. Go talk to someone who's done it and say, hey, I got a question about this. And every time that happens, people will come back and be like, I am so glad that I talked to such and such about this because they totally had the same problems. like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people out there that sort of have the same issue and challenge. So making those connections, I think is how people can help themselves to trust themselves by knowing that they don't need to be the person that has all the answers. Just trust that you're going to be willing to put in the work to find wherever those answers are.
0: I think there's so much wisdom in that. And I think just that last bit too about looking for where the answers already are, I think makes entrepreneurship way less lonely of a journey because it can really feel like that sometimes. And you shared lots of practical wisdom for entrepreneurs in this, but I maybe just want to ask it explicitly as well as Maybe specifically looking at people who are seeking to dip their toes in entrepreneurship for the first time. And I think there's a lot of people who are just exploring possibilities, new possibilities right now, especially the last year and a half, and and looking at what what the future holds. For those folks, for for people who are looking to venture into entrepreneurship for the first time, what's some practical advice that you would offer them?
2: The first thing I would do is take the route of customer discovery. It kind of comes back around and that's sort of a lot of what some of my background is, is in and having done. Going out and finding people who have done it before and just talking to them. Is this something that you want to do? Like, are you prepared to sort of go down this pathway? A lot of times I think people underestimate how willing other individuals are to help someone else not make the same mistakes or pitfalls that they they had, right? Like people are open to doing it. So if you're you know an entrepreneur and you're thinking about sort of dipping your own water, right? Like look around, you know, your network or other people around and see, okay, who else is doing something similar to what I'm trying to do? And if you don't know anybody directly, this is where it's the, you know, ask friends and family, right, like, hey, do you know anybody that's done anything like this? Nope, okay, ask your social networks. Hey, do you know anybody that's done anything like this? Go to LinkedIn, right? Like I've done it before where it's like reaching out on different projects or ideas, like, hey, do you have, you know, 20 minutes where you would talk with me about something? People are like, sure, I don't know you, but yeah, why not? It's an amazing kind of thing. And so that's what, that's the first thing that I'd recommend is just to crowdsource some ideas and thoughts about, is this the thing that I want? Because I think a lot of times people underestimate the amount of work that is going to be involved in entrepreneurship. It can be amazingly rewarding, but it is work. Like this notion of, you know, the kind of, I'll just... There's different kinds of ways that people do stuff, and I think sometimes you know I'm a huge Tim Ferriss fan, and like with respect to like sort of the automation of things. But make no mistake, to actually set up a structure that you can automate and only check your email one time a week and be like that requires a lot of work to set that up. And I think sometimes people think it's just going to be easy. I just get a couple plugins, click a button, and then all of a sudden it's, it's Like it doesn't quite it doesn't quite work like that. Right.
1: I love you. Bringing that up and the, the the real talk around starting a business, because I think especially with the four-hour work week, everyone's like, oh, I can just automate everything, right? We have all this software. I'll just plug together 20 things. And it's like, yes, you can. But there's also a lot of work that goes into setting up those 20 things and then finding a product or service to offer people and then finding the people, right? Because there's some parts that you can't really automate, which is making sure there's a customer for your service so this has been super awesome Alex and I would love to know is there anything on the horizon for you for connect all at the Jacob Center or any other projects that you would like to share with our listeners
2: yeah I mean that's the that's the main thing that I' um, day, day in and day out you can sort of find me there working on those things. Yeah, I can't think of too much else. I always have some sort of projects that are kind of up in the air in various states of doing things. You mentioned code breakers earlier, kind of working on that and a few boards I'm serving on, but mainly CHAC, kind of figuring out what is the next iteration uh, as we evolve and sort of try to help even more entrepreneurs sort of along that journey.
0: Awesome. And we'll link to CHAC and code breakers in the show notes. And if anyone is interested in finding a little bit more about you or potentially connecting with you, is there somewhere you would point them to?
2: Yeah, it's funny because I did this one time and I was, hey, if anybody's listening and they want to connect with me, and then I always give my email and my phone number. People are like, why do you give your phone number? I was like, well, because in general, a lot of times people just won't call. But I am open to talking to people. Like that's literally my job is to help entrepreneurs figure out what are resources that they can use. So for me, it's uh, you can find me at, at awatersconnect.org or you can give me a call, shoot me a text. I'm at 202-595-4216. Happy to chat with anybody about entrepreneurship and uh, you know help, help people on the way.
1: Thank you so much, Alex. And this is actually a first that I have ever heard someone give their phone number out on a podcast. So thank you so much for the generosity
2: and all of the insight that you brought and shared with us today. Thanks for having me. And thanks for the opportunity to, to have the conversation. You all are awesome and great great to chat with you.
0: And that's a wrap for this episode of In Trust. Thanks for listening. Remember that trust is better together. So if you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with someone who you think might appreciate it and leave us a review. The InTrust podcast is produced by Spotlight Trust where we help leaders and organizations put trust at the center of their work so they can achieve more than they ever thought possible while adapting to our fast-changing world. If you'd like to get in touch with us, simply email podcast at spotlighttrust.com. And now, a quick word from our sponsors.
1: There's a lot of uncertainty about the future, but one thing we are sure about is that the future is trust which also happens to be the title of our new book. The Future is Trust, Embracing the Era of Trust-Centered Leadership is being released later this spring. We are so excited to bring this reimagination of what a leadership book can be. So stay up to date on book launch details, special previews, exclusive pre-order specials, and more by visiting thefutureistrust.com.